The Be Here Now Network invites you to join Jack Kornfield, Tara Brock, and some of today's leading mindfulness meditation instructors for a two-year mindfulness meditation teacher certification program. Get the training you need to guide others in their journey with a powerful online training course and in-person teaching events. To learn more, visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash GetCertified. Welcome to the Krishnadas Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishnadas shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishnadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Hello, world. In case you want to know what's going on. Good luck. We originally planned to like uh, divide the afternoon into two sections, one of talking for a while and then doing a longer chant. Um, then I changed my mind. So we'll, what we're going to do is a simple, what we usually do is like a three-hour or so gathering in which we talk and chant. This way nobody can tune out to talking. Where was that? Where were we? Some woman. Where was that? Um, recently. I don't know. I've been a few different places lately. Oh, 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 oh uh, Maui. So we did a, a chant, chanting evening, and then the next day we're going to workshop. And some woman at the back of the room <laughs> was saying, oh, what is this workshop thing? Oh, he says, well, he... He talks in this discussion. Oh, he's all about singing, not talking. I'm not coming. <laughs> Which I suppose, you know, is relatively true. So I'm not going to say nothing. People are strange when you're a stranger. Faces get ugly. When you're so look, you know... All the stuff we do, chanting, meditation, service to people, service, chanting, you know, doing things for other people. You have to recognize it's within the context of ultimately dissolving our sense of separateness. Right? Everybody in this room, probably, is sitting here thinking, I am me. Right? Think about that. Are you thinking that you're me? You think you're me, don't you? I mean, not me. You think you're you. (laughs) God forbid you should think you're me. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? We all sit here thinking, I am who I, I am. Which, unfortunately, is simply not true. It's relatively true in the world of relative reality where you stop on the red and go on the green and do stuff like that. But in the real world, 
all the saints, all the great beings say, there is only one. There is no separate, there are no separate beings on the deeper level. It's like the ocean and the wave, right? There's only ocean. So some winds come and they make waves and the waves think, hey, I'm a wave. And then the wind stops and it disappears. What happened to it? Was there really such a thing as a wave separate from the ocean at any time? Wasn't the wave made up of ocean water? Made up of the ocean. There's nothing in the wave that's not ocean. It's just according to some cause. In the, in the sense of the ocean, it's a wind that blows or some rocks underneath the surface. These causes create a temporary shape that we call a wave. But then we get stuck thinking, I'm a wave. And then based on that, you start looking around for another wave to mate with. And one, this guy's got too many bubbles. I don't like that. I don't like the shape of that wave. It doesn't turn me on. And then everything gets weird, you know. So you got to recognize that spiritual practice is how we from within the illusion of thinking we're separate, how we remove that illusion, how we recognize the illusory nature of those things. And why is this important? Because we hurt while we're separate. We don't get the things we want. We get the things we don't want. We have high car insurance to pay. All these miserable things that happen to us as separate beings. And they hurt because we're identified with that person that is separate, that feels separate. We're all sitting here thinking we have our stories. We came from somewhere. In a few hours, we're going to go back to somewhere. And it's going to be more of the same. But the only thing that changes over time, that belief, that unconscious, incorrect, karmically created belief of separateness is practice. Some kind of practice. Because practice only has one goal, which is to wake us up. Wake us up from the dream. It's like you have a dream that you're, uh, you go to sleep at night and you dream that you're uh, a superstar. Right? And everywhere you walk, everybody bows to you. How wonderful that feels, right? And then you wake up. And you say, oh, it's just a dream, just a dream. Or you have a dream where, you, you know, you're a criminal and you're running and there's wild dogs chasing you and the police are shooting, you know, and it's horrible. And blah, blah, blah. Then you wake up. Whew. Right? So, believe it or not, the people that know say that this, which we call daily life, reality, 
is also a dream, which we will wake up from sooner or later. Interesting, right? And the guys and the women that know, they know. It's not, it's not theoretical knowledge. They see with the eyes of knowing what reality is. Our problem is that being born in the West, being born outside of, you might say, wisdom cultures, cultures that are based for thousands of years on reality. Being born in the West, we don't really get much of a clue that anything else is possible. So we, we get born, we get acne, we fail our high school equivalency diploma tests, And life just goes on from there. It's all downhill. Or, or, or we voted class president or most likely to succeed, and we succeed in becoming a junkie, you know? You never know what's going to happen in life. So, and that's really part of this thing that we're born into a culture that doesn't know its ass from its elbow. We just don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, not that it's bad. The people around us aren't bad. Our parents weren't bad. They just didn't know. And so not knowing, what can they do? They live their lives according, in the best way they can, trying to scrounge out a little happiness. It's like all the old Jews who bought land down in Florida, right? My grandparents... They worked their balls off, their life, their whole life, and they finally bought their, their, a piece of heaven down in Florida, right? By the time they got there, they were too sick to enjoy it. How cruel is that? They get there and they have a stroke, and they spend the rest of their life in a wheelchair in heaven. Well, Miami. <laughs> There's so many plots of land and, and communities down there that are just about empty now because everybody died. They, they moved there when they retired at 65 and at 66 they got a terminal disease. That's just horrible. This is the way things are. And they didn't expect it. That's the weird thing. Their whole lives they're thinking, oh, we'll get down to Florida, it's going to be so great. This is what happens if you don't deal with reality now. It deals with you. And very simply, this is all Buddha ever said. He said, yo, stuff is not going to make you happy. Get it together. No matter how much stuff you get, you're not going to be happy. No matter how much money you get, you're always going to be worried about losing it or who's going to take it from you. Think it's easy to have a billion dollars? It isn't. There's a whole set of problems that come with that. What do you do with a billion dollars? Who do you give it to? What's the right way to live with it? What's the right way to give? Who, who do you give it to? It, it, it's, not, it's not like you sleep at night any better. The quality of your life doesn't change much. It's not better. 
Yeah, you get bigger TVs and nicer cars. But your hair falls out just the same. Yeah, you can afford more hair transplants. But that's not fun. Like, let me not name anybody specific, but I've met quite a few big rock and roll stars, right? Great musicians. They got into music because they had tremendous talent and ability to communicate and play great music. And they become big stars. And you know what happened? They became prisoners. They can't go to the candy store by themselves. They can't walk out of their house by themselves. They need armored cars and bodyguards. Do you think that that's what they bargained for? I don't think so. It's weird. Because all we can project from this state of mind is what we what this state of mind is made out of which is full of our desires our longings our shortcomings all the things that we have in our psyche now that's what we can project for a happy future we can't see beyond our own limitations now it's for instance as if we're living in a valley with mountains all around and we've never been out of the valley so all our projections about happiness and stuff are based on what we've learned by living in this valley. We don't have a clue what it looks like on the mountaintop. And we don't even desire for that because we're stuck in this valley. So we're stuck in the land of the senses and thoughts, the emotions, sense, information, and thoughts. And it seems perfectly reasonable because that's all we ever know. However, what the fuck are you doing here today? That's the weird thing about this. If you're here, it's because some part of you knows that whatever it is, it is not enough as it is right now. You want some other quality in life, even if it's just less fear less anxiety. You want to be able to sleep better at night. You want to have better relationships with people. Whatever it is you're telling yourself is not enough, you're telling yourself it's not enough. No? Okay, let me hear something. Yes? No? Maybe? You're smiling. You shouldn't be smiling. I'm trying to depress the shit out of you. (laughs) So, that's why practice is the key to everything. Practice is the thing, the one thing, that helps us experience something other than everything else, some quality that we haven't experienced up to now in our lives, or more of that quality that brought us here in the first place. And the issue, the main issue of practice is somehow, some way, through some mechanisms, being able to let go of the obsessive thinking that rules us. The obsessive thinking about ourselves 
and limiting ourselves and judging ourselves and defining ourselves as this, as that, as that. I'm this, I'm that, I'm not enough of this, I'm too much of that. If I only had this, stuff that goes on 24-7 all the time. The only way is to practice, do some practice, whether it's watching your breath, chanting, walking meditation, some kind of service to others. Those kind of karmas, those kind of actions create circumstances that allow us to see through what we've been looking at as real, as real life. There's just no other way. And if you want to get tricky about it, this is only happening because of grace in the first place. There's one of those words that make Westerners nauseous. You know, where's my Valium? He said grace. Who's grace? What grace? Well, let's just say positive karmas. We ourselves, each one of us, has created in our own past, whether you want to call this life, another life, no life, who knows. The, the, the longing has been there to transcend this prison that we find ourselves in. The prison of the mind, the senses, and the emotions. We all have this longing. To, whether you call it that or not, we're here for some reason. Maybe you came because your wife dragged you here. But you married her. Just so she could drag your ass here. There's no mistakes. That, I can guarantee you, there are no mistakes. Everything is programmed. And our only freedom, real freedom, is how we choose to be here now, in this moment. Or at this moment. Or tomorrow, it'll be this moment, wherever you are. How you choose to live in those moments, whether you choose to react, keep reacting blindly, or to try to find a way to gain some, like I always say, some kind of vote in how you react to what happens in life. Thank you.